following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome to Hats, Tats, and Stats Podcast with your host, EZD, Derek Jaws, Big Diesel, Nick Yelich, T-Wave, Taylor Sekaturski, and Austin Kelm, the Stat Man. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats. I, I, mean, I always say it, as always. What do I call EZD? That's what I call myself on this one. I have too many fucking nicknames. Easy, so goddamn too easy. many nicknames. EZD joined once again by Big Diesel, Nick Yelich. What's up, buddy? How we doing? We doing good. Uh, first and foremost here, I'm going to let my man take the Big, Casey Middlestat victory lap. A little little spin around the uh, the arena. Spin, a little spin around the ice. So, yeah. We saw we saw a tweet we shared it the other day um, about somebody saying like everybody who said they knew that Casey Middlestat would come around is full of shit and that nobody knew it. Uh, not only is my man on the train, my man's been driving the damn thing. And you can actually go back a few episodes and listen. He says it before the Casey Middlestat turnaround. Yeah, that's the sound of the Casey Middlestat bandwagon train leaving the station. And I gotta tell you, the Sabers are a wagon officially. Led by my main man, Casey Middlestaff. 3-7, baby. He's lighting it up. Um, I mean, honestly, this is just goes back to everybody wants to call kids a bust. And we, we rushed him into the NHL as a chubby 18-year-old, like, out of high school. And shocker, that didn't go well. And now that he's 21, a few years older, understands what it takes. The talent's showing through. And... Listen, man, this is how it works. Like, Nathan McKinnon was kind of similar. He was picked number one overall. People were like, oh, he's a bust. All of a sudden, he hits 21. You get a bit more mature. Your skills start to catch up with your with your hands and your brain. And uh, you, you start to light it up. So, Casey Middlestack keeps on rolling. I'm glad that people are hopping on the bandwagon. And guess what? doesn't matter if you can't do a pull-up if you can put the puck in the back of the net, baby. Yeah, they don't ask how. They ask how many. Exactly. And, my, and my man's been just... Knocking tallies. Just yeah, what is it now? Nine, them, nine points them, in ten games? Put them on the board. So, keep uh, lighting it up. Yeah, the Sabres as a whole, I mean, was Kruger that bad? Uh, Kruger was that bad, but also we got the Don Father, baby. We uh, got the Donnie Meatball trade too. I mean, don't get, don't even get me started on Donnie Meatballs and the Spagoot. Are we going with the red sauce or the, or the white sauce? Are we going with a little Alfredo? Uh, he's cooking up. He's cooking up the pasta with with a nice little nice little wine pairing. Yeah, yeah. You know, even he's even got a post post meal cigar planned out. You know, he's the post meal cigar is clutch. It, well, you have to. You, you got to wash it down with something. You have to. Uh, the he's already matched Ralph's win total and beat it. I believe point total. Yeah, uh, point total. Um, and he did it in like seventeen lost games. Yeah. It, it's insane. Yeah. Like, and to see some of the things that these kids are doing. I mean, not only that, you just look at Granado's quotes. He's anti Kruger. He's like, listen, it's okay to lose. There's a difference between losing and just being defeated, as most people in sports know. And the other thing he says is like, if you're going to lose, you damn well better be entertaining. So you better get up and down the ice and make some, make some shit happen or else, uh, this is an entertainment business. You're gone. Uh, our, we'll call him a friend. He's no uh, no longer a host. Our friend of the, friend of the show, Matt Taylor, put some interesting things out about like 
you know, asking like, what's what's this current team's record if he if Granado was at the helm since day one? Five hundred. And then you add in uh, Jack Hall, Stahl, McCabe, Borgen, Allmark, Hutton, and Zemgis. Well, I don't think I. I mean, just oh, here's one. We haven't we haven't had a discussion since trade deadline, have we? That boy Anders Bjork. Everybody. Uh, this is this is going to be another notch in the cap, by the way. Oh, I my have, man. My man's I coming have hot. receipts from the night of the trade. Me and my boys going, Notre Dame guy, U.S. national development team, played with Jack, played with Shahan. We got a bunch of Notre Dame guys on the roster. That Notre Dame team made a run to the Natty Championship and lost in 2016. Has only averaged 12 minutes of ice time on a very talented team and is shooting 12% over his career. That boy's going to light it up here. And, I mean, they stuck him with Cousins and Bruce Alina, which is, I love that line. But it's just, Taylor Hall, this is what it comes back to. Anders Bjork is is a a talented player who is in a reduced role. Taylor Hall is the biggest overrated piece of shit hockey player I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, what's the deal with him? Like, he was highly, highly touted out of college. Out of work juniors. Out of of not the NHL. Yeah, uh, I, I just... I wish I had an answer for you. I mean, I never really watched him because he played a lot on the West Coast, and then like he was hurt a lot for the Devils. And I went back out to the West Coast, but like obviously he's a name, so I was like, oh Taylor Hall. And now that I've watched him play, oh my god, that guy's trash. He's weak on the puck. He's got speed that he doesn't even use. He doesn't have a shot. Uh, what else? I mean, he just does. I don't like anything about his game. So, do you think that's just a case of he? He knows he's good, and he just doesn't use it because he doesn't always have to. Like, he's had some success. I mean, it's possible because it seems like he's got an attitude problem. I mean, multiple times now he's said he signed in Buffalo to win. He signed in Buffalo to be, like, the right-hand man to Jack. And and then he came out and said, I didn't want to be a focal point. Bullshit, you didn't want to be a fucking focal point. You signed for $8 million here. And now you're going to go to Boston and just be one of the guys. Uh, Let's go make a run. Boston might not even make the playoffs. Go Rags. (laughs) <laughs> um, and just like that's like that's that's a that's an attitude thing. You want an MVP, you've been a, a first overall pick, and you don't want to be a fucking focal point. You don't want the puck on your stick. That's but then get off my team, get me Anders Bjork. Let's go, let's make a fucking run, huh? I do miss Lazar though. I do like Lazar. So are we making a run? No, I mean we're not making. A run. <laughs> I mean you keep talking about making a run. No, I want to know, know but, are but, we making a in run in terms of like. Showing out for the fans because the beginning of the year was pathetic. It, yeah. Like at least when we're losing games now, I go, you know what? We lost in terms of we we put it out there, we made some plays, we left some plays on the ice because that's what happens. But it's competitive, man. I was, you know, what was it? Four podcasts ago, at least a month and a half, we were like, we just don't want to lose five to one and three nothing every night. You yeah. know what I mean? I want it if we're gonna lose. Give three me to those two, three twos. Yeah. Four to two with an empty netter. You know what I mean? Just be competitive. Well, and like you brought up uh, Granado's quote, you know, you need to win a game, and if you don't win, you damn well better be entertaining. The objective is certainly to win, but I don't like playing a boring style, and I don't think the players like to either. Just shots at Kruger. And that's exactly, but that's exactly what it is. Oh, we tried to play this boring defensive matchup. And they tried to bring back the trap that the New Jersey Devils won with, with Marty Brodeur behind them, and we did not have Marty Brodeur, and nor did we have the offensive talent that that team had in terms of breaking transition and burying to a game and bullshit like that. Also, the trap is outlawed, so, like, it had to be a different version of it and got shock of all shocks. We didn't run well. Right. 
Well, and that's the thing. So then you have a not hockey guy trying to modify a banned hockey philosophy, like play philosophy, and it didn't go well. Yeah. Like, I don't know if like the floating blue line not being a thing didn't help because that's a thing in soccer with offsides or, you know, the corner kicks didn't hit or, you know, nobody could bend it like Beckham or whatever the fuck else hockey soccer crossover reference you want. But it was ugly. Yeah. The whole thing was ugly. Well, I'll tell you, I this mean, this I was mean, my year, man. This was the year I was getting back into right. watching the Sabres. And it now sucks. It sucks that it's just happening now yeah. and we're already eliminated. Uh I mean this this is a this is a direct I will tell you exactly how bad Kruger is. I mean Rasmus Dalin is prime example number one and Yogi Haru. Kruger said don't go past two feet inside the blue line. Not allowed to as a defenseman. You just don't do it. Dude, what Rasmus Dahlin is juking people out of their goddamn jock straps and toe dragging people now and, and creating offense five on five. And he was leading for the Masters, the green jacket, for worst plus minus in the league right before Kruger was fired. Right. So, I mean, it's literally you had a coach telling a potential just superstar stud, hey, man, maybe don't take an offensive chance. Actually, not even maybe don't. Don't take an offensive chance. I'll staple you to the bench. What? And, and that to me, and then, and I mean, you you do some coaching. I've been in the coaching realm for over a decade. It, we talk, I talk about it all the time, you know, and I, and I reference Lindy Ruff with it. You know, Ruff had a great group of dudes who were really, really good at the system he wanted to run. Right. When he lost those dudes, he didn't replace them with dudes that could run the same system. He replaced them like they went and got, and this is some of this is not being on the same page as your GM. Right. They went and got, you know, and I, I say all the time, one of the most feared hitting defensemen at the time with Robin Regeer. Yeah. And he made him play like a puppy dog. Yeah. You know, it, like you're not. I mean, no, nobody ever told Mark McGuire, "Hey, big shooter, take a little bit off. Yeah. Like, maybe go for a punch, punch, punch a couple singles in there from time yeah. to time. No, man, go break the goddamn home yeah. run record and save the fucking sport. I mean, here's the one thing I will say about Ruff and his system is when we pulled Briere for Chris uh, Chris Grattan. Wow, what a trade, by the way. Uh, Danny Briere was – he transcended the system. He made yes. something out of nothing. He was kind of Patty Kane-esque. You know what I mean? Uh, and you can have a system, but there's some guys where it's just like, oh, shit, he's just way too good at this game. Right. And it seemed like Kruger I, I mean, okay, this is this is a lesson that I, I tell my guys because I learned it a little too late. I learned it about halfway through my college football career, is like you coaches are gonna coach you and, and tell you to play a specific way. At the end of the day, you have to play your game and take their their instructions as instructive I, and add to your game. But you still have to play your game. You can't just I become heard, a robot. I heard this from a man named Adam Lingner. Adam Lingner was a long snap for the Bills during their Super Bowl run. Um, And I I had the pleasure when I was in high school working with him on my long snapping trade, which, not to toot my own horn, but toot to toot, I was pretty fucking good at it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I I was struggling with, my part of my junior and into my senior year, was what I had been taught to do – as a long snapper and what I was being told to do as a long snapper by my coach, who weirdly enough was a soccer coach. Um, soccer, guys, they're, yeah, they, soccer just ruins everything. Sorry, weep skis. But, uh, turns out they're not the greatest sport in the world. Cause it doesn't transition to other sports. Weird. So like they kept telling me, like they wanted me to snap one handed. Um, I was not a one handed long snap, like, but 
Who who normally does the long snap I mean, in high school? The, Your backup right. quarterback because he just throws the ball right. between his feet. I was going to say, I mean, for, for high school, our quarterback was Bob Longsnapper. You know? Right. He would just throw that thing back there and – but, you know, and that's when you can't yeah. cover or rush over the center. Like, right. you basically get a free release, so you can put a smaller, you know, quicker dude in there to be a, th- a third gunner, essentially. Right. And he basically looked at me, he was like, listen, you have to learn the art of what I call yes sir, no sir. When he tells you to do something, you say yes sir. In the moment, when he's staring at it, you appease him. And then you do what you know how to do and how you know how to do it and play your game. Right. And when you have success doing it, he will take credit for it. Correct. Um, if any of my players are listening to this, my job as a coach is to find the buttons that make you tick and push those buttons. Right. Um, we, if you listen to my other podcast, Tip of the Cap, uh, I was talking to Coach Masters. We referenced that yeah. um, the other day. And basically, your job is to find what makes your players tick or to find the players that tick based on who you right. are and what you do. There's no other option. There's no hybrid of that. There's no, like, you, you know, there's a there there can be a little, but I mean, how are you taking a team that's not built to do it? You don't even know how to do right. and making them try to well, do it. Well, to, to 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 tie this back to the Sabers conversation, I'll just say it, I coach with Ross, which is a bit more similar to free flowing style. Of course, and like the one thing I always tell my guys is, I I can I can tell you what the right play and wrong play is all day, but if if the ball ends up in the back of the net for us, uh, I can't complain. Like that's yeah. What am I supposed to? Do? Oh man, you scored a goal, but you did it wrong. You didn't do it my way. Yeah, exactly. So, so at the end of the day, it's it's just go out, play your game, and and do your best to score more than the other team. It's 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 a very simple game. You can make systems. You can make it as hard as you want it to be. At the end of the day, you put the ball puck whatever in the goal. Yeah, and that's that's the name of the game. It doesn't matter how it gets done. It's just. At the end of the day, who did it more? And Donnie Meatballs is Donnie that. Donnie fucking Meatballs. Go score goals, boys. Guess what? The Don you're, Bottom. You're, you're not winning many games in modern-day NFL with one or even two goals. NHL, you mean? What'd I say? NFL. I don't know. I'm drunk. I don't know who's scoring goals in the NFL, but I'm down for it. Field goals? Oh, okay. Well, let's transition real quick. Uh, kickoffs through the uprights, one point. Here for it. Yeah. Yeah, let's do 75 it. 75-yard bomb to win the game at three seconds left. Here for it. Yeah. And uh, make, since since the clock doesn't necessarily have to start on a kickoff, make it an untimed down. Like, here for hey, it. we just scored, we just hit a two-point conversion with no time left to take a one-point lead. You get a kickoff, you get a shot, at, like, like no questions asked, you get a shot to put it through yep. the uprights to tie the game. Yep. I am living I'm for it. here for that. Uh, and if the NFL doesn't want to do it, hey, Dwayne, when you reboot the XFL... Give me the one point play on a kickoff. Yeah, and the other team gets it at the twenty five, but right. you scored a point. Right, like that's that's an electric factory. Yeah, oh, give God. it to me. Give it to Ooh. me. Okay, now you're getting a little frisky. Relax. I was born frisky. <laughs> Jesus. Oh boy, it's Tuesday, well, guys. We're recording on a Tuesday. That's why this is so uh, so yeah. messed up. We uh, we we before we started recording this, we got to do our uh, we, we were me. Me, my main man, Big Diesel here, and Austin, the stat man, were involved in a. Ne- I was ne- lightly involved. I kind of dropped the ball. Yeah, you were, you were, you were there in spirit, I guess. Um, I was able to make the excuse for you that you were golfing the first time. The well, second, the second time, they were like, "Where is this dude?" And I'm like, "I texted him," and, and then he told me, "I don't have Facebook on my phone." So, uh, my man missed a great group chat conversation, but the three of us were involved in a mock draft. Uh, where we basically represented different NFL teams. So we got to record that first. 
And now we're recording this episode a day earlier than we usually do. Usually we, re- we record and post on Wednesday. So things are getting weird Ooh. because it's Tuesday and my man doesn't even have the tits. No, no, the tits are the tits the, are all over the place. The tits, I mean, I haven't seen the tits in three weeks. I don't, I don't want to talk about it. Okay, so we're gonna try to get the uh, we're gonna try to get the tits back up and running here in the next week or two, and we're gonna continue on the the hockey train. Uh, Patrick Morlow. Oh yeah, uh, past Gordy Howe for most games ever played. Yeah, uh, I mean, I guess that's pretty chill. That you know, and that's one of those things that you look at it and like. It's like Cal Ripken. Yeah, like, and, and it's it's one of those things that you talk about records that may not be broken until they get broken, and here's yeah. a dude that broke it. Um, it's just like I mean, yeah, it's impressive, and it's a lay. It, he's all close to eighteen hundred games, which is nuts, and that's not including playoffs. Uh, been in the league for over two decades, uh, and still doesn't have a ring, unfortunately. Yeah, and that, and that uh, sucks. Like, so whoever, like... So that's like, it's he's like, <laughs> at the end of the day, he passed Gordie Howe and he played a lot of games and that's great. But like, dude, you're not, you're not Gordie Howe. Right. Gordie Howe, Gordie Howe played forever because like, he was, he D- was... Dominant. Rusing forever. You know what I mean? And you know, it, there's still something to be said about longevity. Like yeah. hockey is a tough sport. You know, yeah. it's. And as, I mean, and he's played that many games, which oh, means he, he came up and in the savage. Like, he came like, up in a savage time of hockey. But the only thing is, like, if this is a big record in terms of like you're passing Gordy, how you played a lot of games, but this might be the only reason he makes the Hall of Fame, and I don't like that. Because it's like you were a good player for a long time. Are you really a Hall of Famer? But you have the record for most games played. So like, how could we hold you out, really? Right. Because yeah. because not only did you play that long, so like your stats are indicative of the length of tenure. Right. But at the same time, you were good enough to play for that for long. A long at, time. at some point, a lot of guys hit that thing that I still want to play. I still right. feel I can but I play. Can't. But nobody in the league wants to give me a shot. So yeah. that's. That's definitely an interesting take on that, and it's something that will probably be brought up uh, this weekend when we do the Network Sports Talk Show, because the topic of that is what qualifies somebody as a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um, because obviously every sport has their 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 first ballot, no questions right. asked. I mean, here. honestly, you got to look at it like a resume, you know? Like, right. what are your credentials for making? Like, what do you... I, I know that there's a bunch of videos out there that I like that was like Joe Flacco applying to be an elite quarterback and somebody was like looking up their stats <laughs> like, oh, nice 4,000 yard passing season. Oh, never did it again. Oh, there's a 30 touchdown passing season. And never, never did, did it again. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like that, but like you got to do that for every guy. And Patrick Marlowe, despite being a good player, I mean, it's like a couple 30 goal seasons, a couple like 50 assist seasons, close to 90 points, close to point per game sometimes, played a lot of games, but like, Never, never got it. Never won the big never, one. Doesn't really have a lot of personal hardware in terms of trophies or team trophies. You know right. what I mean? Like, it's fine if you're not lighting it up and getting Art Ross trophies every year. But if you know you got three cups and one con Smythe because you lit it up for a playoff, like eh, you're gonna get in. Yeah, and you know, and that's that's an interesting thing too because I I don't because a lot of that the championships and stuff it's it's a team thing, right? Um, there's a difference between you know, team hardware and personal hardware. Right. And you know, I like Dominic Hashik could have never, and I, we all know that I am not a Hashik fan, but Hashik could have never won a cup and would still have been a hall of famer again, has 
at least one, if not two or three Vesnas under his, under yeah, his belt. No, the, like uh, but, the modern day comparison sort of to that is Carey Price because he's a goalie with a heart trophy for MVP. Right. So like if you get a heart and more than one Vesna, I don't care if you don't have playoff success. At that point it's like, oh no, you were the only reason your team is relevant, you're probably gonna be, you know, let in. And and, and that's Marlowe doesn't fit that bill. No, he doesn't, no. he doesn't fit the the only reason your team was relevant was you. Again, no, I mean, it's, like, and it's it's tough for any up, player to be that. He, he came up with Jonathan Gichu. G, Jonathan Gichu had two fifty goal seasons that disappeared. But when he disappeared, he got Jumbo Joe and Joe Pavelski. So he got Joe Thornton and Joe Pavelski. Right, those are two pretty good players. Ends up with Brett Burns on defense, who's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's got like at least one Norris Trophy. Played offense and defense in his career, like stuff like that. So I mean, he was never really the guy, and it's it's hard to make argument for a role player to to be to be in the hall. And then, like I said, this is all stuff that's probably going to get dissected on. I believe we're recording on Sunday for that one, which yeah, will be. Yeah, we fill some time here. You know? Yeah, sure. <laughs> and, and, and listen, like I'm I'm all about like, you know, I, it was my topic of choice. Yeah. Uh, it stemmed from the conversation of Ryan uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Not now, come on, get out of here with that shit. Um, you know, and now obviously the question of Alex Smith comes up and I like, uh, my buddy, Andrew, who is one of the two point conversation guys and joins me on the network sports talk show is, you know, he, he's an anti, uh, fits in the hall of fame guy. And I look at it and see, you know, well, he's 35th all time in one. He's 30th all time. in another. He's kind of a very good comparison to Marlowe here. Right. Played a long time, has stats, but not elite stats. And top thirty-five and top thirty this year. If he if he matches his numbers from last year, he will jump into the top thirty in both categories. Right. So Marlow Marlow's probably he's probably close to top fifty in points just because of how many games he's played. You know what I mean? Right. But but and that but that's the other thing about it is Fitz because of the nature of Fitz hasn't played a ton of games. Like he, I How think, many games has he played in his career? Can you look that up? Real uh, quick? I can tell you because I looked it up at one point during an argument that he uh, he, aver- he averages ten games a season. Yeah, I guess he's played close to two hundred. Probably, I'm looking it up right now, but because he... I mean, uh, I don't even really know uh, in terms of like the average quarterback how many games. One hundred and sixty-five. One hundred and sixty-five. Yeah, but I would assume that the average NFL quarterback uh, probably gets about. 65 to 80 games, and then obviously your elite guys are going to be the Breeze, Favre, Manning, Brady are going to be in your 200s. Yeah, um, without question. And, you know, it's one of those things... So he's like, floating on the fringe. He's floating on the fringe, and it, it, but it's one of those things, again, he averages 10 games a season. Um, Not because know. of injury, he's, because of coaching choices. He started 146 of those 165 games. Gotcha. Uh, and if you look at who he's played for, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Miami, New York, St. Louis, Tampa, Houston, and Tennessee, all of those teams were in transition. Yep. He was never handed a team that was talented and said, you're the guy. Right. Uh, his year in Tampa, I mean, he started 10 of 14, but, you know, at some point they started toying with famous Jameis. You know, at you know, in I mean, everywhere he went, there was somebody who was supposed to be the guy right. there that he either took over for. It's hard to match his moxie. It, it's tough, and I mean, here's a dude that looks like a Hall of Famer one game and looks like an average at, on his best day yeah. in the next game, and 
Um, you know, so he's he's going to be a fun topic of conversation on that. Oh, yeah. You know, there's there's a lot of guys that can fit that bill. Uh, Julian Edelman is not one of them. Patriots fans, you can fuck right off. Yeah. Oh, but he, he showed up when it mattered in the playoffs. No. No. Like, if if you're going to tell me that he deserves that, there's a list of 15 other dudes that should be in there Yeah, we first. really don't need to get into that because it's it's really not close. Yeah. And he's a good player. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't I didn't particularly enjoy him as a player, but you can recognize that he was always open on third down. Yes. Especially and against the Bills. He, he was that dude that, like... He didn't always show he's up. He's like a scummy Cole Beasley. Yes, he and he didn't always show up. He did. He was like, but he was that dude that when he did show up, he acted like he was Randy fucking Moss. Yeah, and that's part of the reason I don't like him. Yeah, he's like, he's literally just he's Boston version of Cole Beasley. You yeah. know, Cole's Cole's as much as he went to SMU and is from down south. He's a good Buffalo guy. Welcome right. back. You know what I mean? Big, like big, big Buffalo. Yeah, loves loves Buffalo. Yeah. So. Um, and Julian Edelman is, is Cole Beasley. If he did steroids, he'd like to take headshots at people. <laughs> For sure. Uh, the the big news from the, of this week was Alex Smith announced his retirement. Yeah. Uh, and some, kind of saw that coming. I mean, absolutely. They pulled in like four quarterbacks and a rumor to probably pick one up in the third round or something like that. Yeah. So. Uh, he is... He was tossed in that conversation of like, oh, is he a Hall of Famer? No, he's not. No. Uh, I do... He will go down as... Um, they they should Aaron rename Rogers, bitch, kind of like Ryan Leaf, <laughs> yeah. and uh, whoever the hell that, that draft was. Yeah. So, uh, in my opinion, he he's not Hall of Fame. He one hundred percent should have the Comeback Player of the Year award named after him. Oh yeah, and that is like. Uh, speaking of which, that when he got the knee brace made into the Lombardi Trophy, that's so badass. Yeah, that's cool sweet, as fuck, dude. That's a that's an awesome man cave. Yeah, uh, and that's collection. and that, and that's a baller move too. Yeah, like that's here's sweet. you know you know what I didn't win one, but here's my own. Here's my own yeah. because you know walk like the the like. I mean, hot take. He, he may hot he, take, he may not survive. To he may not ever walk, like he may lose the leg. To he may keep the leg, but he may never walk again. To the dude played in the NFL again. And played in the playoff. And, and played in the playoff game. Like the dude was good. Uh, what was I just gonna say? Oh, hot take. That knee brace being redesigned into the Lombardi Trophy is better than the original design of the football on a stick. So the chick who got mad because her dad designed a football on a stick, and Tom Brady threw it over water. After celebrating the Super Bowl, uh, that design wasn't at nearly as good as the knee brace being repurposed into said football honesty. Correct. Um, pretty sure we, me and Austin, covered the throwing the foot, throwing the Lombardi Trophy over the water yeah. thing, and on an episode, and it was that whole thing. I won't rehash it because it just makes me angry. But I just felt the need to bring it up. Of course. Uh, so yeah, I could see like Alex Smith. I'm on board for renaming the comeback player of the year solely because of what he went through. Yeah, no, that, there's no other story like that. And, like there, there were people out there. I who, mean, who, comeback player of the game you could give to Ronnie Lott for chopping off the finger, but that's not a year. You right. Know what I mean, uh, well, I'm trying to think. Jack Youngblood playing on a playing on a broken leg was, I guess you could call that a year. Like and he played pretty well. I don't I know. Mean, I mean, Travis Henry did it too. Well. Travis Henry also had 17 different child uh, support payments to make. And uh, speaking of children, Philip Rivers, the retired gunslinger, just announced their 10th. Well, I mean, you got to celebrate getting retired, baby. Well, I, listen, they just had it. So, Yo, so they were, Phil, they, were, they, were, they were they were celebrating him getting signed to Indy. 
Dude, he cannot pull out. I, it is absolutely wild. Like, buddy, buddy. Got to stay in the pocket, bro. Yeah, no, got to stay never in the got pocket. Out of the pocket huh? Never got yeah, out of the pocket. He's never the most athletic. And it's listen, it's it's just a. You can't always be in the box, man. There's, there's, my there's my teams, man lived in the box. Yeah, but teams get in trouble in the NHL because they live in the box, and you you can't be you can't be giving that up. You know, sometimes you got to get out of the box just a little bit. You know, he puts you at a disadvantage. Get outnumbered. I'm not. I'm surprised that with having another kid, he didn't try to play another year. <laughs> yeah, just get extra. Listen, extra paycheck. That kids are expensive. <laughs> That's a lot of diapers. That's a lot of diapers, and I mean, he's got ten of them. And like, and, and you got to know that that's an egregious amount. Like, like that's the, a lot of kids. We're not, we're not talking like across the board Irish twins here either. Like, I'm sure one of them's like 16 or 18. Yeah. And the youngest is now four days old. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be awkward. But I mean, you know, and uh, you know, everyone with their you know religious views on contraception and whatnot. You know, he, so they, are you saying Bill Rivers is a Mormon? No, I'm saying Philip Rivers is. He's a, a he's, he's devout something, and their entire idea is uh, just pump, you know pump, just just pump, just pump it, it and if dump it. you know God if God wants me to have seventeen kids, well you know then, Phil by God, then like gosh darn it we're gonna have seventeen Phil kids. He's like the kind of guy who buys a lot of shotguns because he's just spraying and praying, baby. My man, you just aim a direction and boom. I don't know if you uh, caught the pregame talk with him uh, on the NFL pregame shows before the playoff game. With the Bills, but he said flat out, like he he already has a high school coaching gig lined up, like at oh, his wow. former high school, like, and one of his kids is going to be his starting quarterback. Love that. Like, Here we go. Like at what, right. at, at what point are we going to actually have ten Rivers children in the NFL? Ooh, I can't wait. Uh, are you saying like his daughters are going to make it? Too? I'm pretty sure he's got some daughters here. It's 2021. Grow up. Yes, one of his daughters will be in the NFL. I love that. I love that take. I write that down. Put it down. Put it on the board. I uh, will put that in my notes and come back in a couple years. Yeah, come come back and if this if this podcast even it, is, this, it is twenty twenty one though. He makes a really really good point. It is post twenty twenty. It is post twenty nineteen, and it is not yet twenty twenty two. So, do you want to, do we want to dial back to hockey? Do we want to just keep going on the random train? Where do you want to go here? I mean, what else? Uh, what else can we talk about with hockey? Well, I was going to see what your uh, what your takes here were on standings and teams doing well or not. If you know you have any on that, uh, I mean the rags are legit. Everybody thought the rags weren't legit. Uh, by rags, I mean Rangers. For you clubs who don't understand that, uh, and basically it came down to our Tommy Panarin. He had that political hit piece put out on him. He had to take two weeks off to make sure his family was safe in Russia. All that stuff. But when he gets on the ice, man, it's similar to Patty Kane with the Blackhawks. It's all of a sudden the offense is lighted up. Pavel Buchnevich is throwing down hat tricks. Mika Zibinijan is throwing down five-point nights like it's nothing. It all stems around 10, and they got a young core. Adam Fox is a beast. Uh, I, I think they're going to sneak into the playoffs here. And Oh, damn. I really, really would not want to play them if I were, say, the Capitals at the top. Um I, I, in terms of the East, I think the Islanders end up coming out. They're just probably the most well-balanced team. Uh, out West, Colorado looks like an absolute wagon. Vegas looks like a slightly smaller wagon. And we're going to see which wagon ends up being the uh, Suter Scooter there. Yeah, which uh, which wagon wins, wins the waste. Let's go on the Oregon Trail, baby. Uh, 
Yeah, so that that'll be fun to watch. But other than that, the West is it's it's very top heavy. Uh, the bottom teams are are very rebuilding. But the San Jose Sharks uh, could make the playoffs, which is interesting because coming into this year, it looked like things were really brutal. They seem to have the worst contracts in the NHL, <laughs> competing with the Sabers, um, and they might end up making the playoffs, which would make some of those contracts look a bit more worth it. In the Central, the Central is really fun to watch. Because uh, even the non-competitive teams such as Dallas, Chicago, Columbus, and Nashville are actually kind of fun to watch. And then you got Tampa, Carolina, Florida, who are. That's going to be very interesting playoffs. The central playoffs are going to be the most fun for the first two rounds, for I sure. Say. Um, What's going on up north? Uh, up in the Great White North, there's a lot of lakes, there's a lot of snow. Uh, they're adopting Nazi policies politically. Uh, you know, we we can just gloss over that as much as I as much as I would love to get on that. I don't think this is the time or place. Um, I, just, I just had to say it. I, I listen. I appreciate it. My appreciate my Canadian it. friends up north. I'm sorry. Uh, you, can come, you can come live in my. What garage. is going on up north is we're going to see if Austin uh, Matthews cheesy mustache is going to be able to give enough mustache rag grease to slide past the Oilers and McDavid Drysaitel. You got that. Uh, that German Canadian connection for there you go, uh, but they're they're tearing it up up there. You know they're getting after it, and I think it's good. Winnipeg is a sleeper in terms of like they could make a run in the playoffs and play play a spoiler, but it's really going to be Edmonton Toronto. So in terms of like if you want to look at predictions for playoffs, I'm thinking Islanders uh, probably Rado. So Islanders Rado, uh, I'm going to take the Leafs. And probably the Hurricanes out of out of the Central. Okay. Well, I'm excited because I love playoff hockey. Uh, oh, it's so fun. Playoff hockey is just different. Oh, it is. The refs put the whistles away. It's just different. And it is pretty much anything goes. You could gouge eyes and all that good stuff. Gouging uh, eyes, fish hooking people. Yeah, it's it's about getting the puck in the back of the net and winning. Having just having a grand old time. Guys being dudes. And uh, yeah, so I mean. There's that. We're, uh, what, we're a little over two weeks away from the draft? A little under two weeks away? Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, for the NFL, NFL we're nine yeah. days away. Oh, there we're you go. officially uh, under... Under 10. Yeah, under two digits. Yeah. So, um, next uh, Thursday, the 29th, so next Thursday, for sure. Uh, do you want to do some draft talk now, or do you want to save that for next week? Well, we're going to do some draft talk now because uh, we're going to bring Austin in too for the full draft episode. Okay. Um, so we got some time here. Let's go over some. Let's order the quarterbacks. Okay. And then in term, okay, well, obviously, we're what, where them. where we feel what what order we feel they should be drafted in. Who should go first? Who should go second? Who should go third? Who should go fourth? Are we talking? Okay. Let's go. Let's do the top five. I just it's 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 tough, especially for quarterbacks. Is am I looking at, at at right now ability? Am I looking at ceiling? Am I looking at floor? Am I looking at talent? Who who do you think of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL draft coming into this year? With Justin Fields, obviously Trevor Lawrence. No, here's my big thing. I've never seen. Generational talent in Trevor Lawrence. When he was a freshman, everybody was sucking his dick. I was like, yeah, I mean, he's pretty good for a freshman, but he's just. Eh. I've never seen the generational talent that everybody else has seen. I think Fields is an animal. I don't 
have faith in Fields because I don't have faith in Ohio State quarterbacks. I don't disagree with that. However, that man got busted in the ribs and then threw five more touchdowns to beat Trevor Lawrence and had six total on the day. So, like, I, I, I also like he's got toughness. He's got an arm. He places the ball well, and he transferred from Georgia, I believe, to so he went from an SEC school where, as a freshman, didn't play, transferred to a Big Ten school, and then got the job over, you know. I'm pretty sure he beat out Joey Burrow. Yeah, I'm not sure. No, Dwayne Haskins is the reason Burrow went to LSU. Yeah. So he was post-Haskins. Regardless, uh, you know, I, I get not trusting Ohio State quarterbacks because they do have a lot of things to play with. But in terms of, like, they, they, if you get if you get him, if you if you put Justin Fields on, okay, if you put any of these quarterbacks out to the Bills roster right now, Justin Fields, does, I think, has the best chance to be the best quarterback. See, and I would go and I, that that's why I picked I picked him for the 49ers. Yeah, I kind Trey, of figured. Trey Lance um he to me everything I've seen, everything I've read is Josh Allen without the accuracy problems coming at into the draft. Right. Like without like his big knock is the fact that he played a full season as a freshman and then missed like obviously there was the COVID year, and played one game this past this past fall. Whatever. In that freshman season, he didn't throw a single pick. Right. Um, I mean, the big thing with Trey Lance is a lot of what comes like Josh was a lot of this, and why Baker Mayfield and Darnold went ahead is especially at the quarterback level. A lot of it is reps. How many reps did you get against high level talent or just talent? How many reps? So Lance is going to be probably sliding down boards because there's just not enough knowledge on him in terms of reps. Uh, like there was a thing coming up when the 2018 class happened. Baker Mayfield had about a thousand more football reps at the college level than Josh Allen coming up. That's a major difference. So that's the same kind of thing with like Fields and Lawrence versus Trey Lance. I'm not saying that Trey Lance isn't a beast. I just I personally do not know enough about him. I know he's got a wild upside similar to Josh or like Jordan Love last year they say you know stuff like that but I, I just don't know yeah so uh, looking through the news on Lance uh, at the North Dakota State Pro Day which is a, is another knock it's North Dakota State right but I, they, I, they, I, I don't care about that. they they run a pro style like a pro style read offense I also um, don't care about that like at the end of the day it doesn't matter what level football you play at are you can you play the game and are you a fucking ball and Brandon right. Bean has done that. For, he strapped in small school guys. Absolutely. Who, can, you, can you get on the field and make a fucking play for me? And the, like the, re, the reason that I put stock in the style of offense you play in college is because... Yeah, there are gimmicky offenses. Like, I know there, are, there are gimmicky offenses, and like and it's one of the reasons I don't like both Alabama or Ohio State. Ohio because State. they got the line. Well, yeah. like, because they have a team that's just better than anybody that they face. Right. So it's like... Quick hit one read, see you later. Quick hit one read, see you later. Like if yeah, if I if I could probably throw a touchdown to Chris Olave at Ohio State in a Division One football game, and I can't throw the ball. Right, but like he's a beast. Yeah, <laughs> like he'll get open on a slant, and you know. Yeah, like and if 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 your job was to catch a shotgun snap, turn your hips and throw a four yard slant to a dude who had no one within ten yards of him. Yeah. Because I think the, I can do it. Yeah, because he because he cooked the dude just, off the line. Uh, yeah, I'll just put it in the area. He'll yeah, to it. you you go get it and make <laughs> someone miss. 
apparently in his pro day, he missed some throws, made a couple mistakes, but he obviously okay, rusty. But like, my big thing too is is everybody is looking at these pro days. Oh my god, he throws seventy five yards across his body with what? nobody else on the field. What does that matter? Like with nobody else on the field. Even, can even can, like can you do Lake, that with uh, an all pro defensive end hitting you in the chest? I was a big Josh Allen truther pre twenty eighteen. I did not care about the fact that he went to the combine and threw the ball super fun. No, didn't care because it was more about it's a fun stat to talk about, right? And that's the whole combine thing, man. Everybody gets caught up in the numbers and oh man, look how good he looks in shorts. And like it's funny to make fun of, you know, like the judges Josh Allen looks good in shorts, and like you can say that about other people too. Just, sure. It's the, everybody looks good when there's no pads on there. But guess what? When you got to put the pads on, I need to fucking play. That, that changes quite a bit of things. Well, and so this is what, this is the thing that stands out for me when the, the first and only college full season that Lance had, uh, 67% of his passes for 2,786 yards, 28 touchdowns, no interceptions. And he ran for another 1,100 with 14 touchdowns. Yes. I mean, he ripped it up. He clearly should not have been playing at North Dakota State. No. Um, Which is, a, that bodes very well for him at the next level. Um, just because, like, they, they always say, you can kind of tell when a quarterback elevates a program. There's good programs, and then there's, like, they'll get a quarterback and have a really good year. And then not have, I mean, honestly, look at Louisville. Teddy Bridgewater comes in. They are naturally ranked top 10, and Bridgewater leaves. They have a down year. Lamar comes in. All of a sudden, they're back in the top 10. Lamar leaves. Where's Louisville? So, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, decent NFL uh, backup starter. You know, he could be a bridge guy kind of like Tyrod Taylor. Lamar Jackson, unanimous MVP, regardless of what people want to say. He's had NFL success. Yep. Uh, So, I mean, that's the kind of thing. You, you see when quarterbacks elevate yeah. the program. And now to me, and like I said, I I want to see I would love to see Trey Lance go to the Niners. Who have a, I think that who would have, be a who, very good fit. Who, I mean they have a stout defense. They apparently can hand the ball to anybody and make them a star running back. Well, I mean they run that outside stretch zone. Shanahan's a wizard. And he doesn't not, have to start day one either. They no. still got grapple. Right. And he like that dude can be the dude and waiting in the CJ wings. Beathard. I mean, so, I love me some Beathard. He can he can be the dude that's sitting and waiting in the wings and is ready to take that offense to the next level when he's ready. Right. I mean, if he's and ready what if to, he, he walks in and is ready? Right. Now, like listen, if he walks in and is ready to do similar things to what he did. Then you ship out Jimmy. You ship out Jimmy, and I'm I'm calling for a 49ers Buccaneers NFC championship game. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Niners are two years removed from the Super Bowl. Yes, and last year they had 47 people on the, on, on right. the IR. Well, I mean, and honestly, the only reason that they got Nick Bosa is because they had the same, I mean, they're alternating years of injury versus Super Bowl than injury. Yeah. Because that was the reason that they picked high then and got Nick Bosa. Right. And it's the same reason that they're picking high again. Now, it's, their roster's loaded, man. It sure they is. They got all the talent when, you could need. When that squad is healthy, yeah. look the fuck yeah. out. It's just... Do they have enough hamstrings on the roster to uh, get to the end? <laughs> Apparently, not enough to go around. No, no. There's like seven hamstrings on the whole <laughs> roster right That's now. That's tough. That's so. a tough look. There's at least fifty three on the dress roster. Yeah, and everyone has two, so that that <laughs> makes it even worse. Well, I mean, uh, it depends on the really day. Eat. Depends on the day. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, I 
I'm intrigued to see how this shakes out. As I mean, every year I'm intrigued to see how the quarterback yeah. situation shakes out. Um, because, you know, as we all know, there's not enough quality starting quarterbacks to go go around for the whole league. Right. Um, you no matter have, what people want you to believe is that influx of talent coming up from these rookies is, in all reality, two will probably be starters well, and one will be good. Let, like, let's look at that, dra- like, Josh Allen's draft class. Lamar, Josh, and Baker are still around. Right. And Baker has question marks around him. Lamar has taken a step back, statistically at least. Correct. And Josh is head and shoulders above. And there's two that, like, one's not even in the league anymore. Yeah. Or, I mean, maybe he is and he's a backup somewhere. I don't think Rosen's been signed. Uh, so, you know, and then, you know, Darnold's hoping to get his. I do like that Carolina fit for Darnold. Uh, I do like Matt Rule. And you, you want Darnold to have some weapons to play with. I mean,. Josh Rosen is actually on the 49ers. No shit. Yeah, apparently. Huh. That's what I said. Well, I believe that is uh, a cut incoming when they draft a quarterback at three. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what else are you Because, I mean, at do that point, it? you got Rookie, you got Jimmy, you got Beat Hard, and uh, Rosen. So, like, what's the point of having all those? Uh, all those I can tell you that... So... The current Our Lads depth chart for the Niners is Garoppolo, Mullins, Rosen, Johnson, and Sudfeld. Wow. Where's my boy? I don't know. Mullins. Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins. Who's an absolute scrub. Who's actually statistically about as good as Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. Which is why I think they're taking a quarterback there. That's why you trade up for one. Yeah. And, and I, I love that they leaked Matt Jones. I just love that. I mean, like, it was very obvious to most fans that that was a, a a week on purpose. Nobody thought they were taking Mac Jones. No. It was basically, are they going Lance or are they going field to keeping us all on our toes? Right. I, I'm I, I'm just so intrigued by the whole thing. Like, the, every year's quarterback class, especially when they're three, four, five deep, is yeah. always interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's and, gonna, and it's going to be a wild ride. Like, I mean, ever, like it is every year. If... If all these quarterbacks do go so early and good players start dropping, that means we could see a lot of trade movement in this yeah. in terms of people moving up to try to grab top talent. You know what I mean? Because if you got your your top corner available at pick 11 because there was five quarterbacks that went in the top 10, uh, yeah, there's going to be a scramble to the Giants and they're going to get a haul for that pick. You know yeah, what I mean? For sure. So it'll be it'll be at least fun to watch. There'll be fireworks, I think. And uh, it all really hinges on the Falcons. Do they do they snag a cue, or do they say we Matty Ryan's got one more in? Right. But again, I mean, you're, are you the team that wants to look to reload before you need to reload? Like, do you, do you, you want? Do you pull the Giants? Right. Do you do you do have you do you have your class? guy? You pass up on this class and then all of a sudden get stuck with Daniel Jones at the next one because you, you wanted to pull Saquon Barkley at, at two. Right. And as good as Saquon is. How, what, what, what did he do last year? Uh, oh, he, he was had hurt. ACL. And the year before that, he had a sprained ankle, I believe. That yeah. He was good as a rookie. He was. Like, and fun to watch. Yeah. Fun to watch. But again, I, I, if I'm up there and I don't have a guy, I'm drafting till I find the guy because. You know who I want to be really good? The guy who touches the ball in every single play. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's helpful. So. So you're clearly talking about the Senate, right? Yeah. Okay. 
Which absolutely, I want. Like, listen, I, I, which, there's two very good centers in this draft. I I have a theory that to be a to be good in any sport, you need to be good down the middle. So, yeah, like, that is fair. Hockey, you need a good goalie, good defenseman, and a good center. You can get away with stuff on the wings. In baseball, I need a good catcher, good pitching, good middle infield, and a good center fielder. I can get away with the corners. Yeah, stuff like that. Like, I I have like inside out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You, like you you secure the middle of the field, the rest will work itself yeah. out. I mean, so, honestly, yeah, yes. If they, if if there's a good center up there, and I have a quarterback, guess what I'm taking? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I I think this draft's gonna be fun to watch, man. Yeah, it's more so, and this and this is this is why it's interesting for us as Bills fans because we have our guy. Yeah, and the, we don't have huge glare. We have needs, right? We, this we is, have needs. this is a wild year. It's also been wild for the past couple years because. It's weird as fans when you have general discussion, like you and me, on the like we'll, we'll come on the pod and talk bullshit and like what we want the Bills to do. And then when Brandon Bean goes out and like does the things that you say, I'm like kind of uncomfortable about it. Right. Because in the past it was that never happened. And now they do it and then like it works. And I'm like, wow, that's – so that's what that's like. So at the end of the day when, when Brandon Bean takes AJ up and S in the second round and I wanted him in the first round last year, I'm like, huh. <laughs> so he's like really good at his job. Well, and like, <laughs> and, and as Bills fans, we're used to things like, oh, we just had this fucking gem fall on our lap. Let's draft Aaron Maven instead. Yeah, I was just going to say, Aaron Maven comes to mind. The C.J. Spiller, when we had Jackson and Marshawn Lynch, comes to mind. It's just like, dude, Which, I lived through the Dick Duran era. The, it, and the, only, the only thing that even remotely made sense to me about the C.J. Spiller move was... Nobody in a position that we need was even remotely close to best player available. So we took what we felt was the best player available. I get that, but they should have fucking traded back. Right. Like, there are other options yeah. there. Somebody <laughs> wanted that pick. That's, like, you know what? There, there's a couple teams where that, that might happen to them this year. And I think the the main one is kind of uh, the Eagles. Where they, that, moving on to six spot was stupid. But, like, you end up at that 12 spot and... The top tackles, top receivers are and probably Kyle Pitts are gone. Right. And you don't you 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 kinda committed to Hertz as your quarterback, your offensive line is older, but none of the top weapons or offensive linemen are really available. And it's like, do we really need a, more defense to go with Barnett and Cox and and do I mean like their defense is decent. <laughs> right. Slay. Like so they're in a really weird spot where you could take best available, but does that help you in the long run? Honestly, this is this is the the Washington football team taking Chase Young. I mean, they took best available, right? No doubt, and he's a stud. Yeah, but you have holes on that team, and you have six defensive linemen for three spots, right? Like. <laughs> And again, like, Good that you can and, rotate your line, man. But and, and, yeah, and, Ch- and Chase Hunt Young almost single handedly won you at least two football games right. last year. And like that's sweet, but at the same time, is, is there somebody who could have won you four or five that's on somebody else's roster? You right got, now? you got, you got no Trent Williams anymore. Your offensive line is sketchy. You got Scary Terry and a bunch of eh, at receiver. Right. Um, you got yes at quarterback, and then your defense is sweet. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Here we go. I guess again is is there a guy you could have taken there that like yes Chase Young won you a couple football games. Is there a guy that could have won you 
two or three more. Right. Like where where you weren't Your defensive the, line was stacked already. Yeah. You, you did did you need that guy or did you say could you have said hey maybe there's a quarterback that we could have taken there that we wouldn't or have not had. even like if or, you if you truly believed in Dwayne Haskins. Just get, either get him, get him an offensive lineman because you lost Trent Williams, who's a uh, first battle Hall of Famer. You know what I mean? Like that guy was known. Him and Tyron Smith are probably the best tackles of the 2010s. Um, and so you lost that, and now you don't really have anything else on the offensive line. You got a rookie quarterback, and you got Terry McLaurin. Right. So it's like, okay, yeah, we have a sweet defense. Let's go invest more in the defense. Same thing the Jets did with Darnold. They draft Darnold, and then go Quinn and Williams, and like. All these D line and, and linebackers, and it's like, okay, well, what do you throw into who's protecting him? Right, and now uh, and now you that's can, where you can give Bear Grant and beat all the credit in the world. Well, and you can say like there are people out there who you know would be detractors saying, well, not for nothing, Bean kind of did the same thing. We've been very defensive heavy on drafts only in the first round, right? But we, and we but we've also supported Josh through free agency and trades, right? Like, okay, stack up your defense and then go trade for a stud. Right. Go sign a couple other studs. Well, also, I mean, that, that first draft that McDermott had is still paying off, and that was a heavy defensive draft. You know, that was that was Milano in the fifth. Uh, I believe Wyatt Teller was that year, too, which we turned into another pick. That was Dawkins, um, Trey. So that, that draft is still paying off, and then we got Josh. And, and since we've gotten Josh, our draft has flipped. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, last year went a lot of offense. And I just think that he adjusts year to year on what we need. So this year it's probably going to be a nice mix, yeah. I would imagine. It's not going to be a focus on offense or defense. Now he is filling out depth. You know, he is taking best available player at a position that we need some depth. Stuff like that. So Right, because, again, it, it, we, we live in a world where, yes, there are needs. Right. We, we have They're needs. They're not glaring. But I mean, the biggest one really is edge, but Jerry and AJ could be serviceable. And I mean, again, not even just that. Like, it's one of those things that we don't need to be the guys this year that are like, shit, we really need an edge rusher. Don't overpay for shit. So we're going to go take any available, like the best available edge rusher, even though like he I might s- still be there in the third. Right. Uh, I mean, there's there's really only like one or two edge guys worth taking in the with a first round pick. And I don't understand why Greg Rousseau is, is so highly thought of. I understand... He had a, a shit ton of sacks two years ago, and all that stuff. But he he was he was Aaron Baby two point oh man. Right. It was coverage sacks, and it was a lot of uh, that Jalen Phillips or not Jalen Phillips. It was uh, the dude who was there before that. I forgot his name, but whatever. He was coming off the other edge, and the quarterback would roll right into Rousseau, and Rousseau would get sacked. Right. And it's like, whoa, my God, look at his number, look at his production. <laughs> it's like, I mean, what was it really? And that's one of those things that, like, at some point you can't just look at numbers. You gotta, the yeah. guys got to pass the eye test, and you got to. That's why they pay scouts yeah. a lot of money. But uh, another hot take: Micah Parsons, not good. Interesting linebacker from Penn State. You want Aaron Maven two point besides Greg or so? Micah Parsons, giant sweet athlete, unbelievable athlete, and awful at football. Interesting. That is that is a hot take if I've ever seen one. So I guess my hot take is. Trey Lance will be the best quarterback out of this draft in years. Which I like that. Yeah. That is that is a good take. Yeah, so we're, we're going to compile our draft hot takes here. Uh, so yours will be Micah Parsons. Not a, not, a good, not a good football player. Micah Parsons should not go in the first round. So there we go. 
Uh, that'll about wrap it up here for us uh, in this episode of Hats, Stats, and Sats. Thanks for tuning in, guys, as always. And uh, the Hats, Stats, and Sats is part of the BICBP Radio Network. Go over to our website, www.bicbp-radio.com. Check out all the awesome podcasts over there, including a few of my own that are uh, partnered or brothered with this one, with Common Debauchery, with my main man, Rotten Jack, and Tip of the Cap Podcast, which is all about prep baseball in Western New York. Uh, with various guests and interviews and so on and so forth. Cool news coming out of that one, uh, stemming with the aforementioned Mike Masters, and a lot of cool, good stuff going on. We have a couple couple things in the works here for Hat Stats to Stats as well. Also, uh, stay tuned for our Best fish, Fictional Athlete Fan Voting Battle. Uh, that'll be tipping off probably early next week once I get everything sorted out and set into a bracket. I still... We'll I, I want to be able to debate my pick. Listen, and we can do that. We can we can we can submit ideas and whatnot, and we can we can go there. We'll uh, actually. We, I mean, we I may, know it's a fan vote, but like I, I want to be like I. We'll talk about this after. We we may actually turn and turn this into uh, doing it after the draft. Okay. And uh, this way, we can kind of be more hands on. Be more hands on with it than with with focusing on the draft as well, and kind of get it going before. The NHL playoffs hit. So gotcha. we will uh, stay tuned for that. Check that out. We'll uh, we'll get that rolling someday soon. And check us out on social media, Facebook, Hats, Tats, and Stats. On Twitter, at HT, or oh, sorry, at Hats, Tats, Stats. On Instagram, at HTS underscore pod. We have a TikTok. I barely use it. Um, but, you know, maybe someday that'll get going too when I have more time to think. Uh, again, thanks for tuning in, guys. As always, check us out on all the social media. Like, follow, subscribe. Leave us a review. You know, that five-star button is just two seconds away. Just go go tap that bad boy. And uh, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate all of you who lend us your ears for the hour that we like to talk about shit uh, once, allegedly, every week. And we will catch you next time. Big Diesel, thanks for joining me, bud. Go Bills. Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast is brought to you by Stinger Sports. Stinger Sports makes high-quality, fully custom supplemented uniforms and apparel that will have you looking great on and off the field. Get your custom-made pro-quality gear today at stingerwoodbats.com and put that S on your chest. Use promo code TIP of the CAP, all one word, for 10% off your order. Stinger Sports. Look great. Feel great. Play great. Grocery shopping day. <laughs> oh, hello, Mr. Cashier. Hello, Mrs. Card Pusher. Hello. How are you doing today? Do-do-do-do-do. Let's see what the old wife put on the uh, the shopping list today. Let's see what. Um, let's see. Number one, we got a uh, Chris Hemsworth. Oh, that doesn't seem right. I don't. I don't think that was, they sell those here. Uh, must be some kind of mistake. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, Chris Evans. Oh boy. This is her celebrity crush list. Awkward. Don't be like this, husband and wife. There's only one place where a list like that belongs, and that's the Eat Sleep List podcast. You can hear us every Friday on BICBP-radio.com, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify.